Bullshit. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich. We are in the midst of March Madness, and to get to the Sweet 16 has been crazy with all kinds of upsets. It got me to thinking about athletes in the workplace and some of the traits that I've noticed, the pros, the cons, the pluses, and the minuses, and how that might impact you, whether you are a former athlete or whether you weren't. So let me start off by saying that if someone has performed at a high level in sports and been able to be on some winning teams and competitive teams and championship teams, at least through the age of 16, 17, 18, but there's a big jump when you've done it at the collegiate level or professional level. The first thing that I will notice is there's almost an unspoken bond between athletes, especially those that have performed at a high level. Uh, I had one person who I competed against growing up, and we were in a business meeting, and when we stepped out of the meeting, he just said, you know, we both played beyond high school, and there's just a fraternity, and there's a bond, and it's true, and it's not anything of exclusion. It's more of inclusion. It's more of feeling like you really have an understanding of that person because of what they had to go through. Regardless of sport, when you play at a high level and compete at a high level and go beyond the average levels of play, you know that there had to be a certain level of dedication, intensity, focus, and determination. You know that that person had to be humbled many times. I'll touch on that for a second. You're humbled because unless you're LeBron James, there's always someone better than you in basketball. Unless you're Tom Brady, there's always someone better than you at quarterback, and maybe even Aaron Rodgers is. So you're going to get humbled, and how you respond to losing and how you respond to seeing that you weren't good enough changes you as a person. One of my mantras is win with class and lose with class. And all the teams that have played for me, the players, sometimes will poke fun at me about it. But then years later, when they're in their 20s, will say, you know, that sticks with me. And the reason I say that the first practice is that I want to teach you how to lose. I've had some parents scratch their heads when their son comes home and tells them that the first practice, some time was spent on teaching them how to lose because you are going to lose. You are going to lose. I've coached some undefeated teams, but they're rare. And this year I coached a team that was undefeated and got upset in the semifinals of the uh, tournament play. So you're going to lose. And how you lose and winning with class and losing with class are essential. But back to the athletes that have done it at a high level, you had to have been humbled. You had to have worked harder than the vast majority of people and you had to have uh, what I call deliberate practice. I shouldn't say I call it. There's actually a book on deliberate practice. But deliberate practice means that you don't just do something for the sake of doing it. I came up in an era when coaches had complete authority. There was no Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich that actually asked your opinion 
or tried to explain things. So when I became a coach at a very young age, I decided I wanted to explain the why of every drill that we did because I didn't get that. I just got the do up downs in football, just do up downs right now. And in basketball, just go run a suicide. And there's no why behind that. And there's no deliberate practice. What deliberate practice is, is showing your player how to do the step back shot again and again and again and telling them why each aspect of that footwork and your hips and your shoulders and when you release and how you release, why it matters. And then having them do the deliberate practice again and again and again. That is what real practice is, is deliberate practice. So people that have performed at a high level have that natural bond and there's a trust that comes from that. There's a trust that you have. You know, when I met a couple of people in my Vistage group, and I know they performed at a high level as well in sports, I immediately had a trust level for them. So that's a big piece of it. But not all athletes are leaders. In fact, probably the majority aren't. So while there's a positive of having that bond between athletes, and there are some other positives I'll get to after my second point, Um, The second point comes to this. Within your sports teams, you can tell who the leader was of those teams 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later. Watch a 30 for 30 documentary on ESPN about a team and watch the way they're sitting around, especially the one of my favorites, the one that got me into coaching was Jim Valvano's victory when I was a teenager. Uh, And if you watch that 30 for 30, you'll see that Derek Wittenberg and Sidney Lowe were the leaders of that team, not just scoring-wise. Just watch them through the 30 for 30, who does the talking and who's listening and who's looking with reverence 30 years later. So you know who the leaders of teams were. And it's not always who the coach says they want to be the captain. You know, sometimes it isn't. But you know who the leaders were. And those leaders are the ones that really can lead in the workplace because they've had all that stuff about deliberate practice. They've been humbled. They understand that it takes a team to do it no matter how good you are. And so the second major point tying into our March Madness episode is that athletes of the athletes, the cream of the crop were the ones that led those teams. And you can tell who the leader of the team was. And those leaders continue that leadership throughout their lives. Whatever they're doing, they will lead. And when I see them in the business world, they're the ones that really drive both top and bottom line growth. They're the ones that really build strong teams. They're the ones that empower people. They're the ones that change companies. One of my friends led his company to to a 10x growth, and he was a four-year letterman in basketball and was a team captain. And believe me, he does that leadership in a soft, humble manner at his company. But he's led that company to 10x growth, and he has a team of people that will go to bat for him and their why and leading that company. But let's go away from leaders, just any athlete. And point number three, athletes that have performed at a high level understand deadlines and discipline. They understand there's a finality. When that team I mentioned to you that was undefeated, we had our last shot and it rolled in and out and there was a finality. It was over. That was it. The season was over. You want to talk about life lessons? 
I wasn't prepared to give that speech. Usually I'm prepared. I didn't expect to lose. Usually I'm, I'm uh, the old Joe Paterno who used to say that Temple could beat them and everything. I was the same way. I would always be prepared to lose. This game I really didn't expect to lose, and we did. So I didn't have a speech prepared, but I came out, and I think my team thought I was crazy because I said, this is one of the greatest life lessons all of us here are going to ever have because we lost when we were the better team. We were the Virginia uh, we were the Xavier, and um, there, there's a life lesson there. But the whole point I'm making is athletes at a high level understand deadlines because they understand the finality of it. They understand that their season could end at any time. Their career can end at any time. You don't really know when your career is going to end because a lot of times it ends because of injury. So they understand deadlines and discipline. The fourth point is probably my favorite. I can tell in an interview how someone is with regards to pressure. And if you performed at a high level in any sport and you've done that deliberate practice, you know that deliberate practice got you to where you were confident and you were willing to be you and let the chips fall. That's the greatest. When I wasn't prepared as a coach or a player, when I didn't feel I was completely prepared, that's when the head game gets in there and the head trash gets in and you doubt yourself. But when I was prepared... I would go out and play, and at the end of the day, I'd feel great. Even if we lost, I thought, they're just better than me. They're just better than us. But you understood the pressure. So the fourth point of when you have an athlete in the workplace, you know that that person understands the pressure. And that's something you should look for when you see an athlete in the workplace is the fourth point is you know that they're going to be used to handling pressure. The fifth, and this one isn't always true because there, there are Russell Westbrooks out there, a basketball player for the Oklahoma City Thunder who is certainly a free spirit, but most athletes that have performed at a high level beyond high school are good at taking feedback. They might not always agree with it, they might not always like it, but they can take it. And they can even take a shitty tone, or they can take a sarcastic remark or a facial expression. Throughout my career, I've had many people stay in touch with me that have been a part of my teams and told me about how much they enjoyed being part of the team and my leadership, but there have been a few that just didn't get comfortable with me, and I will tell you, this point is the reason why. They weren't able to take feedback. They weren't able to take a facial expression, a facial expression Imagine that. I've been criticized for facial expressions, folks. You want to talk about bullshit? Facial expressions. No. You don't like my facial expression? Too bad. Leave the team. I'm called a human, too. And I'm going to have a facial expression from time to time. And I'm going to talk in this tone from time to time. If you can't handle that, then you should get on with your life's work and go work for one of our competitors so we can kick your ass up and down the street. Because basically, you've got to be able to take feedback. Trust me, I take it from Chuck Canaris, my Vistage chair. I take it from Mike Gaddy, Paul Sandberg. Annie's new. She'll give me feedback, too. I take it. You think I always like it? You think it feels good when I get a Vistage review and someone tells me the workshop wasn't up to the standard for X or Y? But I got to fix it. I got to work and get better at it because I'm a work in progress like each of you are. So athletes tend to be able to take feedback more. Not all of them. You can find a Barry Bonds out there, too. And then, of course, the most obvious cliche is teamwork. Number six is teamwork. When you come into a workplace setting and you have 
some athletes that are performed at a high level, they understand teamwork. And it goes back to that part about being humbled. When you've been humbled, because everybody that plays collegially has been the star, whether it was in peewee football or midget league basketball or travel basketball or AAU or, or uh, travel baseball, they've been the star. But then when you go beyond that, you're not always the star. In fact, only one or two end up being the star. The vast majority don't. So you're humbled. And that even if you were a good teammate when you were the star, you're an even better one once you've been humbled and not been the star. So that's what you can find when you have athletes that have performed at a high level is that they understand teamwork. Now, again, I'm not excluding anyone that didn't perform at a high level. I'm not excluding anyone that sports aren't their thing. That's not what I'm saying. There are tremendous uh, people that have never played sports that are awesome leaders, can be great teammates, can take feedback. They understand deadlines, can work under pressure. That's not what I'm saying. There are, there are many people like that, but I'm saying that there's a bond that you can see very quickly in an athlete and someone that's performed at a high level that all these six traits they do. And then the seventh and last one is to perform at a high level and go through that deliberate practice to compete and put your ass on the line and lose and lose with class means you have to hold yourself accountable. You have to be able to hold yourself accountable. So when you go and you're practicing when nobody's looking, and really that's what it's all about is when nobody's looking what you do in life. I don't know who came up with that cliche hundreds of years ago, but it's what you do when no one's looking makes you the person that you are. Because when nobody's looking is when you're doing it because you're passionate and you're disciplined, and you hold yourself accountable. So that's the seventh point that holds yourself accountable. So there is a bond between athletes, and you can tell which athlete on a particular team was the leader. Athletes understand deadlines. They know there's a finality to it. They can live with pressure, take feedback, understand teamwork, and they hold themselves accountable. Not universal, not saying every athlete, I'm saying the ones that have performed at a high level, performed beyond high school, maybe been paid to play, those seven traits tend to be pretty common. So that is our March Madness No Bullshit Marketing episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember uh, that you can visit Mass Solutions for show notes, plus additional marketing and messaging resources. You can sign up for our weekend review. It's timely, valuable ideas to improve your marketing and transform your messaging. It's light can be read in two minutes or less, and we hope it triggers bright ideas for you. If you tell us how you see athletes in the workplace, or if you're an athlete who's thriving in the workplace, and you tell us an example of that, and you send that to me personally at dave at masssolutions.biz, tell us how you see athletes in the workplace and you'll receive a signed copy of Get Where You Want to Go through marketing, selling, and storytelling. And remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.